Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in once again to Preserving Pentecost with Davis Ministries. It's time for part two of Power in Prayer. Remember to share this podcast with everyone you can to help us preserve the power of Pentecost for this generation and future generations to come. Also remember to stay tuned for the end of this episode uh, for a special announcement that my wife is going to make about the ministry. God bless. When Jehoshaphat was worried about what they were going to do because they heard the enemy was coming on every side. He sought the Lord. He began to fast and he began to pray. And God responded. And the Lord said, don't you even worry about fighting because this battle is not yours. It's mine. You're not even going to have to be afraid because you ain't fighting in it. He said, I want you to go down to the top of the mountain. Get down there to the edge of the cliff. And as you're watching over, you send Judah out first. You send the praisers out first. And as they begin to praise, watch as I destroy the enemy. You know what happened? Jehoshaphat took heed to what God said. They took the praisers. They put them out front. And as the praisers started going up, as the praise and jubilation started going up as voices began to cry out to God the enemy was all down in that valley and they began to destroy themselves they rose up against one another and there was oh help me Jesus there was not one enemy left completely and totally wiped out because they listened to God Bible tells us that God will send the enemy fleeing in seven different ways because he will send confusion to the enemy's camp. Well, why, how will he send confusion to the enemy's camp? Because when we seek him and we, and we seek after him daily and we get connected to him, then he will cause the enemy's tactics that he's trying to use against you to turn around and the enemy won't know how to fight against it. Why? Because God is not surprised by anything that the enemy does. He already sees it. He already knows it. The enemy is not a creator. He's an imitator. And oh, help me Jesus. This power thing might be imitated but baby it ain't never been duplicated it might be imitated but there is nothing that can compare to the true unadulterated word of God that brings power into your life that when you're connected to the source there is nothing that can stand against often imitated never duplicated well shout me down my God the devil would like us to believe that he has all these new tactics and all these different things, but it's the same old junk he's been doing since the very beginning of creation. He just dresses it up different. Bible tells us that there are three categories to sin. Three main categories. You know what they are? The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That means that every sin is going to find itself in one of them categories somewhere. Somebody said, well, well, what about money sins? How, how's that falling? That's the lust of the flesh. Because your flesh is desiring money and financial gain and worldly prospering. When the serpent came to Eve, what's the very first thing he did to her? They had communed with God day in and day out in the midst of that garden. They had passed by that tree daily. But when the serpent began to speak and Eve began to listen, all of a sudden she starts to look at this tree that she had never took time to look at before. She starts to sit there and gaze upon it. And she looks at it and the fruit starts looking good. Because the longer you look at sin and you start messing with it, all of a sudden it starts looking good. And 
one little bite turned into the fall of man. That's how drastic it can change. And they were communing with God daily. Think about that. He got her attention. Made her look. That's why it's important for us to be connected to God. Because if someone who communes with him daily is still susceptible to a fall. How much more will we fall if we're not talking to him daily? If we're not walking with him daily? If we're not in a relationship with him? Relationship sure would be weird. If I met my wife... Talked to her one time, got married, and we never spoke again. Wouldn't know nothing about her. What I did know about her, I'd probably forget. That'd be weird. But we talk daily. Every day. Some days we talk more than others. (laughs) Some of y'all get that later too. It's okay. Some of you married people know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's best to just hold your peace. Amen. <laughs> I told him somewhere, I said, I, I've learned that in order to keep myself connected where I need to be, I have learned that I have lost the privilege of always being right. Not only with my wife, because I like to give her some every now and then. I'm just like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> She hates it when I pick on her. But when we are connected to God, we understand that we lose our privilege of being right when it comes to him. There are things that that we think we know about God that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of. We have a, a view that has come to light within the what we call the body of Christ. Churches as a whole, not just one denomination or this one or that one or this house or that house. But, but just overall, we have this mentality that seems to have risen up where people start to think we know more about God than the Apostle Paul. We know more about God than any of the disciples. We know more about God than anybody who, who, who was ever unctioned to pin anything down that's in this word. And so because of that, we begin to try and change his direction, his directive, his, his commandments. We change it to better suit our lives because we don't have people connected to the right place. See, when you've only got one or two people connected, there's something that happens on a corporate level where you come in service after service after service and it's the same old thing over and over and over and over. But when you can start to get more than just one or two people connected to God on a personal level, you're going to begin to witness a change corporately. You're going to begin to witness a change within the body because when, when we've got enough people connected, there will be a manifestation of the power of God. Well, what are you talking about, preacher? I don't understand. Well, if you get to reading in the Bible, you'll see that over in Acts in the second chapter, starting at the very first verse, it tells us that they were all gathered together. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were together in the upper room with one accord. Oh, help me Jesus. That word comes from the Greek and it means that they were all emotionally and mentally set on the same thing. How were they able to do that? Because on a personal level they were all connected to the same source
Jesus was on a personal level. They knew what it was to walk with him, to talk with him, to sit down and eat with him. But when you've only got one or two people who know what it is to commune with God, there cannot be a manifestation of his power. But when everybody's connected, when everybody's connected, that second verse, it says, and suddenly there was a sound that came down from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. My God, wouldn't that be something? There was a sound and when it entered in, it was something like they had never heard before. It was a sound of something like they had never seen before because they all began to witness this fire as it settled itself upon each and every one and they began to speak with cloven tongues. And it brought change, not only to those in the upper room, but to the thousands that were outside because there was commotion. But it was only able to happen because they were connected. They were all connected to the same source, the same place. They were all connected Jesus had told them, he said, go and tarry. So that's what they did. They went and tarried. They went and waited. And power showed up. There was a manifestation of the power of God. Because they were connected. When we are connected on a personal level. Corporate life looks different. When we are connected on a personal level, if my people would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I would hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. We want to see a great outpouring. We want to see revival birth in America again. We want to see things in this country change. We want to see people stop cutting each other down and backbiting. And and, and we want to see this this nonsense that's going on even within churches where people are are, are pushing people away and saying you're not welcome here because they, they look a certain way or they act a certain way. We want to see everything change and we want to see fire again. Then it takes us being connected. If my people, if my people would humble themselves and pray, well, I don't understand. How do I humble myself and pray? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm getting ready to tell you. In the book of Job, in the 42nd chapter and the 10th verse, it tells us that Job, oh, hallelujah, got everything restored to him when he prayed for his friends. Do you understand what that's telling us? Job had been knocked down. His so-called friends had come and they told him everything he was doing wrong and why he was going through it and they began to talk about Job like a dog. And he had a choice to make. And you know what choice he did make? He said, God, I pray for him. Lord, I ask you to touch him. Speak to him. Bless them. 
Oh, that's a hard one. What did Jesus say? Pray for your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for them. Love them. Don't just love them, but love them the same way you love yourself. Sometimes we got to love them more than we love ourselves. Because that's a struggle. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody too saved? That's okay. (laughs) Job chose to pray for those who had been spreading gossip. He chose to pray for those who had went out and tried to smear his name. Chose to pray for them. And God responded. See, Job was connected on a personal level. Because the closer you get to God, the easier it is to bless your enemies. The closer you get to God, the easier it is to bless your enemies. I'm going to say it one more time. It felt so good the first two. The closer you find yourself to the Lord, the easier it will be for you to speak blessing upon those who curse you and those who come against you. And then we understand that God's vengeance is not man's vengeance. We could get into a whole thing about that word vengeance. And it don't mean quite what, what, what we often interpret it to mean. You ever wonder why when somebody does you wrong and, and, and you pray, Lord, oh, the vengeance is the Lord's, vengeance is the Lord's, it's yours, God, it's in your hands. Then you meet them a few years later and they've turned their life over to Jesus. They've gotten saved and, and, and baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and they ain't no, nothing like you used to know. And, and instead of being joyful and thankful, you walk out there thinking, God, I thought you was going to do something. <laughs> he did he changed them he showed them why they didn't need to be talking about you he showed them what it was you had that they were missing he showed them what it was that they needed to be connected to that they weren't connected to before my favorite part about when Job began to pray for his friends his frenemies we'll call them that when he began to pray for them my favorite part not once did Job ask for God to give everything he had lost back not once did Job say God now restore to me everything I lost give me back my family give me back my livestock give me back my house give me back my money God I need you to move and go ahead and resupply not one time did Job even have to ask but God did it anyway why because when Job's heart was right with God and he was connected to the source God said not only am I going to restore you but I'm going to completely bring a change in your life and what you had before it's going to seem like small potatoes because I'm giving you a double portion well God said he would turn it around my God said he would turn it around hallelujah when we are close to God privately Power shows up corporately. The Bible says, I bow my head to the Father and Lord of Jesus Christ. I bow myself before Him. I seek Him privately. 
I lift up his name whether people's around me or whether they ain't. I praise him. I pray to him. And my prayer ain't going to be just about, about what can I have, what can you do. My prayer is going to be a prayer of thanksgiving. That when I'm praying, I'm going to keep on watching. Because I know he hears and I know he's going to move. one more verse I quickly want to touch on let us this is Hebrews 4.16 let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need You know how you boldly approach the throne? You got to walk in like you live there. Stay with me. Don't get tight now, y'all. I'm going somewhere. If you're under the blood of Jesus, you are no longer a citizen of the world. You're a citizen of the kingdom. And if you're a citizen of the kingdom then you should be able to walk in with boldness into the place where you rightfully belong. That way you can approach your father. Whoo, my God. Is anybody picking up when I'm laying down? That you can approach your father and understand and know that he's got mercy and he's got grace. That whether you've been wrong or you've been right, He's got open arms waiting to hear from you. That he's just, oh, that he's desiring for somebody to approach him and say, God, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for saving me. And I need you to keep moving. But if you never do another thing for me, you've done far too much for me to turn back now. Oh, Jesus. Woo. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Somebody said, well, I don't know about this Holy Ghost thing. Well, then you need to get connected because when you're connected, the Father will not withhold anything from you. All you've got to do is ask in faith believing. When you ask in prayer, Believing, Jesus said that you would receive it from the Father. That if you ask it in prayer, believing, when you say, God, I know you're going to move. I need strength. Then strength is going to come. God, I need a healing. Then a healing's going to come. God, I need delivered. Then deliverance will come. When you're connected to the source, you want the healer more than you do a healing. You want the deliverer more than you do the deliverance. When you're connected to him, you want him more than anything else and everything else will follow. What did Jesus say? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all 
of this. Everything is going to be added to you. Lay your treasures up in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor rust can corrupt it. Because nothing corrupts in heaven. Because where your heart is, where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. So if you've got your treasure in a place where it's not going to be corrupted, if your treasure is God, if your treasure is God, then everything else will be added because your heart is with him. Your heart is with him. When you find yourself connected to power, when you find yourself connected to him, I'm going to tear something up up here yet. (laughs) You find out what it means to have true faith. Because the closer you are to him, the easier it is to believe in his word the easier it is to believe in what he says. The easier it is to believe in his promise. Faith's a crazy thing. Don't take a lot of it. If we could have it just enough the size of a mustard seed. But you know what I I find interesting about that? Jesus didn't say you got to have as much faith as a mustard seed. You just got to have some faith. And to everybody, there's been a measure of faith given. It doesn't take a lot of faith to move God. It just takes the, the, the complete absence of doubt. Some of y'all didn't catch that. I'm going to say it one more time. Everybody put your hand up like this real quick. Everybody got your hand up this time. Don't let it go over. Grab hold of it. It doesn't take a lot of faith to move God. It just takes the absence of doubt. It just takes understanding that regardless of what it looks like, Regardless of what it feels like, regardless of what it sounds like, regardless of what people make it look like, God is still in control. Well, preacher, you don't understand. You, you ain't been through the fire I've been through. You ain't been, been through, through all the high water I've had to go through. No, honey, I sure ain't. But I can tell you, you ain't been through nothing that Job went through either. Job went through a whole lot more than you or I ever going to go through. Now, we may have some trials. We may face some fire. But you see, Job was somebody who lost his family when a tornado come through and blew the roof in on his children. Job was somebody whose spouse thought he was crazy. Job was somebody who found himself covered in sores and boils that he had to lay down in the dirt and try to pick worms out of his skin just to get a little bit of comfort. If you, and if Job could continue to be connected enough to bless his enemies and to stay close to God, then what is our excuse other than laziness? God's not putting a big crazy process out there. He said, all you got to do is come to me. Believe. Speak to me. Commune with me. And you'll find out the more you do that, the easier it'll be. You'll find out the more you do that, the more power you will witness. Because when it's easy to believe, we have a promise in the word of God that there will be signs 
that follow those who, my God, believe. And when I'm connected and it's easy to believe, that means there's going to be some signs and some wonders that no deadly thing is going to harm you. That, that you'll be able to take up serpents. Now, some of y'all getting tight right there. You think, oh, he's about to whip out the snakes. No. Listen, I was raised old school holiness, but it wasn't that kind. Somebody brought a snake in, we'd make a new door. <laughs> but when that old serpent tries to attack, just like the viper struck Paul, you can shake it off. You can shake it off. You don't have to wait around till the poison sets in. Shake it off. Shake it off. But if you hope to be able to shake off the attack, you've got to be connected. And you get connected through personal prayer. Power. Everybody say power. Power. In prayer. When you're connected to Jesus. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Preserving Pentecost. If you would like to partner with our ministry and become a kingdom-building partner, please contact us at davisministriesfam at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash davisministriesfam. We are currently in need of a half-ton truck or something that would be capable of hauling a gooseneck trailer that was donated to carry our new revival tent. We desperately need this truck in order to get back to our tent ministry. If you would like to sow a seed for our ministry needs, you may do so through PayPal at davisministriesfam at gmail.com. Cash app is dollar sign davisministries2020 or through Venmo at at sign davisministries. Thank you so much for listening to Preserving Pentecost. Until next time, stay blessed.